I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back. Local hour here on the Chase Thomas podcast, Preds Power Hour, with my good friend Brian Baston over there in Nashville, Tennessee, of OnTheForeCheck.com. Brian, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, thanks for. I'm I'm real happy Jeff is back. So let's let's talk about him because I'm excited about that. <laughs> Jeff is back. People wanted Jeff back this week, um, and Jeff is back. Uh, Charlie is a busy guy these days. Charlie has uh, got a lot on his plate, so we got Jeff in here, and he's been kind enough to join us once again. Jeff, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's been. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm here. Glad and to be I'm back. Glad I am glad you're back. I have a question. You have milk yes. bones in the back. Um, do you have a dog in this college apartment complex or is that? I do not. Okay. So what's the, I, I knew because hmm. you were in college and I was trying to do the math. I'm like, there's no way they allow dogs. And he's got some dog bones in here. What's with the dog bones, Jeff? I, I don't know. That that would be something to ask my roommate. Okay. Wait, are those <laughs> like, am I just not even seeing that? Is that not dog bones? Am I, I, don't think it, I don't think it is. It looks Wait, like it, the one in the top right. Yeah. Is that not dog bones? What is that? No, those like are cake pretzels. Mix. Those oh. are pretzels. Oh, those are those good ones. Those yeah. uh the big okay. the, the big sticks or whatever. Yeah. It looked What's like the milk bone red box that I've seen like with that. the little white in the middle and I was like, I thought those were the milk bones and I was like, okay. Yeah, they're, they're pretzels. It's like what you're hiding in the box, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's hiding a dog in the side. There you go. Um I, I like it. I like it. Um, well, things we don't like here on this very program is the current state of the Nashville Predators. Um, Brian, the disaster of a game against the Vegas Golden Knights. How do you want to outline this? Uh, it was bad. Obviously, we'll talk about, I mean, it was. It ended up being 5-1. to one. Nashville took the lead five minutes into the game on, a, I mean, a really gorgeous play by Roman Yossi and Matt Duchesne. And it, I mean, it really did look like the team had just kind of like picked right back up, you know, from their previous games before the break. Um, you know, things had started and then about a minute and a half later, uh, that was the first of the five unanswered goals that Vegas scored. I mean, it's just, they had, let's see here. They came very close to, um, they were very close about 10 minutes left in the game to getting really, uh, near the top of the list of like the least amount of shots in game in NHL history. I think it was, I think nine is what like puts them in the top 10 and they were very close for a while. They finished with 17, which is not great, but I mean, if we want to look at some like advanced stats on this, it's it's not, it's rough. It's I hate to say it like that, but their shot quality—they've been averaging about six and a half, seven percent per game, which is better. Three point seven percent in that game. Three high danger chances. Vegas—they uh, had a ten percent shot quality. Thirteen high danger chances. Twenty-three shots on goal. Forty-five shot attempts. Nashville only had three less shot attempts, but had ten less shots on goal. So just just bad just real awful and that was just on five on five i mean we we you saw guys like william carlson 85 percent uh on, on ice expected goals i mean just they dominated i don't think anybody yeah nashville had nobody in, in above 50 percent for their on ice expected goals so they just got it wasn't it was volume it was quality it was hot shooting it was good goaltending they got it all they got all four of them you know nashville usually relies on a combination of one and maybe one other but yeah it was it was pretty bad i mean jeff what were your thoughts watching it um yeah no it was not a fun game to watch i hated it yeah i hated all of it uh except for like the first five minutes um but yeah so i think that i mean they the first five minutes were good the um the 
they moved the puck relatively well. Um, and like you said, that goal from Duchesne was gorgeous. Great passing play. Yeah. Um, but after that, it was just like Will Carrier just decided to turn on the Jets for some reason, and he destroyed every like all the Preds loved and cared about. Like they, he just he Roman Yossi did not have a good good game. No, he um, did not. <laughs> he looked awful. Um, and I thought Aiden Hill was actually kind of shaky for most of the game. Um, but I mean, they didn't need him for much, so it wasn't like he yeah. he had to make a ton of saves. I think I think he they had shot they had less than ten shots until they until seven minutes in regulation were left. Yeah. Like that was off. It was oh, it was horrible. And yeah. I think it wasn't it wasn't a lack of like trying. Like they were shooting it, but they couldn't hit the net, and then the other shots got blocked. So. I mean, there's nothing much you can do there. But, yeah, it was a pretty horrendous game. Um, and it wasn't like their defense did anything to help them out either. So, Yeah, I mean, like, going back to your point about Yossi, like, I, I clipped highlights from it because I don't think I've seen a game where he's had, like, two, like, just they're obviously mistakes. They're obviously mm -hmm. like just a, not a good decision by him. But to have two, I mean, because the first two goals were directly because of Roman Yossi. I mean, yeah. he he on the I think there was one where he was trying. I think they were exiting the zone, and he just completely lost the puck. Just he had a guy mm. come up to him at the blue line, and he fell over. Yeah, and then on the on second, yeah, the second goal was the one with uh, where they had won the faceoff, which hadn't happened a lot in that game, and he they went back to him, and he just missed it. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it's not Roman Yossi. It's one of those that, like, it could have been any other defenseman, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, he has those games sometimes. But you don't see that from Roman. I mean, just real big, obvious mistakes like that. So th that was rough. But, you know, it, it, we got to hear the same thing we get to, we've heard probably 10 times this season that, you know, oh, they just got to shake off the rust. They had a long break. They had all this, that, and the other. Um, and, and guess what? I pulled some numbers to see, see how that works because <laughs> you know who, how I am. Um, so I was looking at basically like how they did in the first period uh, following a break. So either if they had like no days or one day of a break, so basically your normal schedule, basically every other day or back to back, and then two or more days. And it's it's so you you can see that in their goals for like everything looks better, uh, looks better in those like short breaks. So, yeah, like uh, goals four percent, 56 percent in just those short breaks and then 41 percent expected goals goes from 49 to 42. Their shots same say about the same. Um, but, you know, their goals per game stay the same. But then like their expected goals drops. Um, but here's the thing. So like there's definitely a change in like their offense gets affected quite a bit but it doesn't get affected nearly as bad as their defense mm. um they go from uh allowing 0.7 goals and those short game breaks to 1.3 just in the first period per game um and allowing almost exactly that same amount in expected goals too so it's it's rough but here's the thing that really surprised me so that was just the first period their record in those games so for those short breaks they're 16 13 and 5 so I think that's like a 54, 55 percent uh, points percentage for the two or more day breaks, eight, six and one. I think it's 57 percent point percentage. So mm. their first periods are god awful out of these mm. breaks, but it hasn't really. They're still the same team. The record, the points percentage is nearly identical in these games. It's just that they start these games off in a way bigger hole, which we saw because they were down three to one at the end of the first. So. You know, it's 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 hard to sit there and say like, oh, they just always play bad when they have a break because, yeah, they kind of do. But the 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 stats actually don't kind of even out by the time you average in the rest of the game. So it's I, I don't think it's a great excuse. Like they just play worse defense because they haven't played a game in a while. But it's not an excuse that we should be hearing so much as we have this season. Because, you know, as first it was, oh, it was travel from going to, to Prague. And then it was, oh, it was the, you know, travel coming back from pra Prague. And then they had this break and that break. And it's always something, it seems like. So I just thought that was interesting. And I dug in. And yeah, I think that was, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. I, I was very surprised by the fact that the records were basically identical, though, in those situations. I also think that Vegas, like, they were was it one five and two or whatever before mm -hmm. the break like it's it like i mean i know the break obviously is going to cause some rust issues but like 
Vegas didn't look rusty, man. No. <laughs> they and they were playing pretty terribly before mm-hmm. all of the all of all of the All Star stuff happened. And yeah. they won last night too. They destroyed the Wild by the. I think they won by the same score that they beat the Preds. I think they won five one last night. So I mean, maybe they, they were inspired a... by the Happy Gilmore skit <laughs> in the All Star right. game, right. where they were just energized. They were like, "Our season's going off the rails," but this minute and a half of cringe is enough to get us all back locked in because that was one of the more cringe All Star things just... I've ever seen. I just talked about how the skills challenge would be the redeeming part of All-Star Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I had just talked about it. I'm sitting oh there watching goodness. it like them cut between golf courses and UC trying to score a goal, which he did. Mm. True. Uh, but yeah, that was bad. Um, and it was so slow. Like it took so long to get through the cringe. You never want to do cringe and then the cringe takes forever. We're yeah. just going super slow and you're like, oh, we're really... Really take our time. Y'all thought this is going to be a banger. Then you start to feel it. You start yes. to feel it in your bones, and you're mm-hmm. like, ah. It's like a I real bad this. opposite of uh, episode of The Office when you're yeah. just like, yes. That's the reason I haven't watched that one. Uh, what is it? Uh, Scott's Tots one, the one where he. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, you're talking to a guy once. who is. You're, you're talking to a guy who's watched that show 26 times. Yeah, me through. too, and I've seen that yeah. episode once. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's Tots hurts, man. That's definitely one that you cannot watch like over like you don't because <laughs> the office is one of those great shows to put on like when you're doing other stuff or you just want to pick me up or whatever but if you put on scott's thoughts like it's uh you're gonna go down a different <laughs> rabbit hole um you're, it's not gonna do what the the job is uh outside of that um brian i have a, a trivia question for you oh how many games have the preds won this year when they've only scored one goal i'm going to guess two Jeff, how many would you guess? No, 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 zero. All right, that's his guess. I I, I have to say zero. Our our do it was there. <sighs> that's very funny you asked this because I I looked up something similar to this. <laughs> I, I see. I always feel like there's there's. Uh, like a, a UC Saros one nothing shutout in there, but also it like... It feels like there should be yeah, more. Like, this team Brian's feels like a answer, 1-0 UC Saros team. Brian's answer makes me makes me feel like the answer zero, so I'm going to go with that one. It is zero. Okay. Zero times the Preds have won when they've only scored one goal. Wait, so here's the question. So I had thought that UC didn't have a shutout this year. Mm. Uh, it says he has one. So when? if he... That's what I'm trying to let me look at the game logs because I don't remember I just him went having one. the game log. He has zero. I don't see one unless does it count like if he left? Did he leave a game? Uh, there's the Ottawa game on January 9th. Let me see if I can. Uh, he did. That's what, did I said. what was the score? Oh, they on won 3-0. That was yeah. a shutout. They won 3-0 against Ottawa. Okay, so I think I, th- I don't think Lankinen's had one, right? Mm, or no, maybe nah. he got one first. Because I, I, I remember thinking about that being like, is is Soros really going to go the whole season without one? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh, I'm an I'm I'm an idiot. Well, I'm glad. So yeah, I guess it was zero, but not for the reason I thought it was going to be. But isn't that wild? Like they're just. It feels like they're a team that uh, has won at least two or three games. Like my first instinct was like two or three that they've won one zero, and it's painful. But like it's actually zero. Um, so it's a good thing to keep in mind, folks. When the Preds, it's like period number three, and they're still sitting at one goal, you're like, mm, give, this doesn't feel good. Give your All Star a break, please. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get a break in the All Star game. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. It's he must have felt right at home. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Cole Smith, what is your reaction to uh, getting signed for one year, seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollar one way for next season? Boy, uh, mm. you know. I think I tweeted this, but it was like, you know, good good for Cole Smith, right? Like he mm-hmm. he he got his money. He's he yeah, like another you know we can talk all day like from here about how awful it is or yada 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 or how good it is or whatever, but like from his point of view, he just he just guaranteed another year in the NHL. Mm. One, because he has that contract and two, because we know John Hines isn't going to send him down. So he's going to get NHL playing time, um, which is where I have a problem. Uh, <laughs> now, he's he's interesting because he's like, obviously he's very polarizing, and I don't think he's very good. But uh, I think more of the problem is that they just signed him 
and that means that's one less roster spot for a Philip mm-hmm. Tomasino or an Igor Afanasyev or a whoever impresses in training camp. Um, and that's where I really have the problem is like you have a team this year that's not getting it done. Like flat out, they're not good enough. Um, and whether David Poyle wants to see that or not, that's, you know, that's his prerogative. Um, but they are by most measures not getting it done. And when you bring in these young guys, you have Cody Glass playing first line, you have Yusuf Parson in, in an elevated role, and they're doing well, and they're bringing this energy and this, you know, this figure to the lineup. It's like, why wouldn't you want more of that? And as much as Cole Smith is okay defensively, he didn't score a goal for like 50 games. Like mm-hmm. he, like 50 total career games, 40 something games this year. Like, and I don't know what else needs to be said. Like their offense isn't like totally bad, but like you have your big guys regressing. And this has been the problem all year. You have your big guys regressing back to where they were to where they were before last year, right? Like, you don't have Matthew Shane scoring 40 goals. You don't have Phil Forsberg scoring 40 goals. You don't have Granlin with 40 assists or whatever. Johansson's back um, to where he was. And then you have Tomasino down, who scored more last year than Cole Smith has this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, you're, you're actively, like, making your offense worse. And then, like, you're wondering why you can't win games. Like, I know it's not, like, kind of cause and effect, like, totally there, but, like, there is there is reason to be upset that a, a team is actively making themselves worse. Um, and, like, I don't think Philip Tomasino is going to come in and be some game-breaker this year, but I think if you play 76 NHL games and then prove your worth in the bottom six with guys who are, frankly, not as good as you are at 19 years old or however he is, like, I think you deserve a shot on that wing up in the top six for more than a game or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, good on Cole Smith. Um, congrats to him. That's, I mean, getting an NHL contract is hard, but from an objective point of view, looking at this team, I don't really get it. I, yeah, I don't. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it, so here's the thing. So like this should be, and I think this is maybe something I've noticed, like hockey Twitter te- tends to, love those guys that are like right on the bubble of making the roster or they were undrafted stuff like that like you know that a scrap like a Tanner Janot you know yeah. and it wasn't even before he started scoring as much as he did last year which apparently he may never do again um <laughs> but you know you love those kind of stories I think it was just the one like he's been in the roster for almost every game this season I believe mm. other than um, when he was hurt yeah, yeah. he's been in he's been um, there every game and it's been like the it's just been the um, the reaction from the team to people being like, why is Cole Smith still playing when other players have gotten benched for less? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. There's the that. leash is weird. Yeah, the leash is weird about it. Um, and But two, like you, you brought up talking about like, you know, one, creating spots for your younger players or guys to come and like get into the roster. I mean, we Tommy Novak also got a contract another I uh, one year. I forgot about him. Uh, yeah. And he's wow, been How he's could been I do fine. that? He's been fine. He's, <laughs> He's been, been good. good yeah. I've liked him quite a bit this season. Um, and these less than a million dollar contracts for like young dudes, it's drop in the bucket. Like this isn't going to really, you know, yes, it could keep somebody from getting a roster spot next year, but it's also not enough that where they'll be like, yeah, we can also throw him on waivers if we need to make room because it's not going to matter too much. Um, no one will, will claim Cole Smith. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. They will claim Ellie Tolvanen, but not Cole Smith. Um, but I mean, if you look, I mean, I want to see if I can make this work correctly. But um, I was going to show you kind of this is, you know, setting your young players up for success uh, is important, I think. And it's something that doesn't get quite as much um, uh, you know, like we don't talk about it nearly as much. But here are what Colton Sissons and Cole Smith look like, they have been with Yusuf Parson on the bottom line um, for a handful of games now. Let me see if I can... Mm, so, charts. 
So just without getting too deep in there, the first three bars on each side are for offense. The second, last two are for defense. So it's just basically how many actual goals are they creating or helping create shot quality, amount of shots, same thing. So offensively for you, so Parson, not great. Um, Cole Smith has a weird ability to keep teams from taking a bunch of shots, I guess. Um, but you know, not really necessarily. He's just barely above average on on the quality of it. So it's it's not great. And, and that's where it's you know, if this was a, a throwaway line like on the fourth line, with you would say like Colton Smith or Colton Sissons would probably make up you know just a you need to have that fourth line. But you get a guy like Parsonen who's been you know pretty good on both ends of the ice. You see a lot of of, of drive and firepower when he's in the offensive zone, and he's just not. That's not how you set him up for success. I mean, he's still doing well, which considering when you have bad team, team, bad line mates, you know, that says a lot about you. But guys like Cole Smith, you know, you want them for that role to be like to fill out that bottom line, but not to, I mean, Parson and is, I mean, I can't imagine, I can't think of like the last time a guy got brought up this early, you know, from a, like a day two, you know, draft pick and then, you know, made the team and stuck there. So like, you want to surround this guy with more talent. I know that the top two lines have been really good and there probably isn't much of a reason to shake those around, but you know, it's it's not just that Cole Smith is not great. I mean, he's not, but it's also that he, you know, it feels like he's not doing anything to help himself or Yusuf Parson and because Colton Smith is, Col or Colton Sissons is Colton Sissons. That's not going to change. So it's, it's, it's rough and I, I can understand, but, for this to happen, like as a one year, less than eight hundred thousand, even if it's one way, like that's fine. You know, they're paying Kyle Turris, uh, like more than double that to to sit at home and not play hockey for the next six years or something. So, I mean, I, I think the, yeah, like you're right. Like I think the you know that it's 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 not about like the, the term or the the money. Like that's that's whatever i don't know you shouldn't really care about that if you're if you're like super hung up on that then stop it you're just finding a reason to be mad but like the problem is that one the whole reaction thing has been that's that's a big driver of it because you have like you know you have the coaching staff like obviously like they're not going to say anything bad about them but when you the problem is that the Preds have players that can fill that role better than what Cole Smith can do, and they're not doing that for some reason. When, as you said, there have been guys that have been benched for much less. Like earlier this year, I think it was Mark Jankowski got benched for, or he got healthy scratched one game because he took a bad penalty. And like, okay, that's fine, but when Cole Smith takes a dumb offensive zone penalty, then. That's a pro and like the the third period when they're down two goals like that he needs to be held to like the same standard, so I I don't get that, but also I, uh, like I was very glad I, that you answered this one because that's that's who I had you I had you in mind when I wrote this in the outline I was like <laughs> I'm gonna let Jeff talk about Cole Smith. <laughs> it's just it's not something that like makes me like like I'm gonna throw things at walls or whatever, but like <laughs> it's just it's just. Why is this the still a story? Yeah, like, and <laughs> like I, why are we still I, talking about this? Yeah, and I think like part of it does have to do with the media reaction. Like you have, you have uh, John Hines, or you know, first you have Dan Hino coming in defense of him and being like he's an 82 game player. I remember I tweeted that and it went crazy. I tweeted that quote, literally just the quote, and it went <laughs> crazy because people were like, "What? Like what this guy said? He said what?" And then. People got mad at that, and then Lindsey Rowley clapped back and was like, these people know more than hockey. These people have forgotten more than hockey, more about hockey than you guys will ever know. And people were like, oh, okay, so this is how the game's going to be played. <laughs> and then and then it all just spiraled from there, and then Preds reporters and whatever cheering in the press box, and it's just a mess. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just a, I want it to be over. I want to be put out of my misery. Oh, and, I, quick question before we move here. on. Quick question before we move on, Jeff. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Cole Smith, or would you rather have last year's um, the player everybody hates? And I'm actually forgetting his name now. Um, ben Harper. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, uh, he was on the second line with with Grandland. Luke Cunnan. Yeah, Luke Cunnan. Would you rather have Luke Cunnan or Cole Smith? Honestly, Luke, honestly, Cole Smith because he 
he's not getting paid nearly as much and he's not as bad. He at least plays a little defense occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. What so if Cole that's... Smith is just an all time great hang? What if that's what it oh, is? I, like, I Cole mean, like Smith that's one of those things. Ten out of ten hang. He he might be a. I mean, he doesn't. There's. I have no indication, like from locker room or anything like that, that he he seems like a good dude. I yeah. mean, I can't. Great guy. The glue guy. And I, I feel this like he's been caught it's in Cole the, Smith. He's got. You should talk like, to John Hines about that. He's yeah. the glue guy. He's the glue guy. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You're becoming a hockey man after He's like he's the glue guy. Like, look, what if he was just off the record? He's like, look, I don't want to play him any more than you do, but unfortunately he's a glue guy they all are inspired playing with him everyone plays better when he's on the ice because they're like wow why is this guy playing no and it's he... more like everybody just looks better when he's on the ice that's exactly mean. i'm sorry that's mean. we all need a friend like that <laughs> it's just john john hines was john hines talked about it and he was like you know he's a good penalty killer which i think i think cool. our boy ryan i think our boy ryan did something that said that the preds were better without him on the penalty kill than they were with him on the penalty kill but uh <laughs> He, uh, I think it was, it was like, I don't know. He, he was like, you know, you saw the reaction on the bench and when he scored his first goal and it, that was, that just shows how much of a good locker room guy and great guy around to, to great guy to have around is. And, and the funny thing from Twitter that I saw was like, you know, when I play beer league hockey, because that's how good I am. Like uh-huh. when I play beer league hockey and, and a guy that hasn't scored in three seasons scores a goal, it's not because he provides a ton of value to the team. It's because he hasn't scored in three seasons and that means he's probably not very good. Hmm. So like it's, it's, it's a dumb analogy because in beer league hockey really how bad how good are we all but also like it's it says something when like people who provide value you're not shocked when they score so that's you know that's just a little little fun thing to add then that's like you're 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 giving me lots of flashbacks back to my like middle school and high school days of attempting to play sports it's like if you had if you added value you'd score more i'm like yeah i know (laughs) but well Okay, I apologize. Didn't mean there to get, get us off yeah. on that tangent for that long, but you know, it's it's something that ha- and it's something a topic I haven't talked too much about, you know, before you've been on the show, Jeff. Um, but I just that's knew because you're I one can... of the, you're one of the people that's gotten way more into the into the middle of that than I have. Yeah. So I can point, refer back to the show when I'm when I'm talking to someone about it. Just yeah, when he, when he goes off, go and, listen to this podcast and listen to what I have to say about it. When so, he goes mm-hmm. off for 38 goals for like Montreal <laughs> next season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Preds defense though it's pretty bad, Brian. It's how not bad. Good. What are some stats? What What do you have for us to really paint the picture as to what the current state of the Preds defense is at the moment? Yeah, so so shout out to my my good friend Jess Belmasto. I uh, we looked at this stuff um, last week. We talked. We're talking about Calgary and Nashville. Which, if looking at it, they're a, a team that's a lot more um, alike than I thought. Um, but just, you know, just with the, the, the state of the franchise, things like that and underperforming. Um, but they were, she, you know, she had said, she's like, yeah, like just in front of both their goaltenders, like they're just not good. It's really bad. And I think like for, um, hockey days, like their isolate for deep five on five defense was like a plus two. So 2% worse than, um, than league average. I think for both their goaltenders, uh, for Nashville, uh, plus 11, which means they are 11% below league average defensively. And hmm. like, you know, expected goals per shot. So like their shot quality, they're allowing so much more. They're allowing a lot more shots overall. I mean, it's it's not, you know, Nashville has kind of had a, a their scheme defensively has been one, you know, they play aggressive, you know, offensively and they'll jump into the rush. But they have been last couple of years been focused on they will allow more shots and they'll allow a bigger shot volume if they can push those shots to the outside. So if you can lower their quality of shot, then yeah, let them shoot from the blue line all day. They may score, but that's you know, it's a solid plan. Uh, but they're not doing either now. Um, they're uh, giving up a ton of shots. Um, they're giving up a ton of quality. They're giving up a ton of goals. Uh, like I said, UC Saros is, I think right now, there's a conversation that he is one of two of the best goaltenders in the league right now, I think, with Ilya Sorokin and just how this he's, season has gone. He's second in goal saves above expected. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 very good. and But, I mean, like, 
the re- you know when your goaltender plays that well and you look at their underlying stat i mean this is it's you know, i think we talked about it before it's the defense is turning UC Soros into John Gibson. And I like John Gibson, and normally that would be great, but the man has been through it, and I'm watching it happen to Soros. Soros has, what, 40-something games right now that he's played, or 35, something I like that? I think it's close to 40, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's ridiculous. Again, like, give him, like, we saw, and Lankanen is good. This isn't Dave Riddich. Like, Riddich, it's, it's, it's not Big Save Dave. This is Lankanen, the one we were all wrong about, and we've all admitted it. Um... But, you know, you'd think they'd give him more time, and they just don't, because I think they're just trying to win games, and UC Soros does give you the best chance, but I'm really worried they're going to burn him, you know, burn him out. I mean, Jeff, I mean, I'd like to know what you think. I mean, what things you think that are that the issues with def- the defense this year? Yeah, I mean, there's not much else I can add. It's just, they're, it's like they they just, they'll go down. Like, I mean, I've noticed this, you know, they'll go down and, They'll do. They'll have like a solid offensive sequence, or they won't. You never really know. But mm-hmm. they, let's just say, in this hypothetical situation, they're going to go down and they're going to have like a solid offensive sequence. Um, and they, you know, they move the puck around, they cycle it well, whatever. But then they come out, they they lose the puck or whatever, and after that, it's like a free for all. Like they don't know where they need to be, or or you know, I think their biggest problem. They let people walk through the neutral zone like so easily and it's 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 something i noticed i think it was i don't remember it was a couple years ago but they it looked like last year they tightened it up a little bit and then this year it's been like you know they can just do whatever they want through the middle of the ice and like there's no path there's barely any passing lanes closed through there like there's just you know yeah it's it's a it, they're very, you know, kind of, it feels like they're very reactive instead of like proactive and like in the, in the defensive zone, it's a mess. Like it's, it's again, a lot of people trying, I think trying to figure out where to be or whatever, but, um, I mean, like the, the problem is, is like they create turnovers and that's their, their whole offensive defensive, like game plan is to forecheck hard, try to create turnovers and use that to create opportunities. But they're they're creating some of those turnovers, but then they're completely just giving the puck away right after. I mean, like how mm. many passes have we seen this season out of the defensive zone, like an exit that's been yeah, their exits have been awful. Yeah, and then, and this is a team with guys like Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, who are really good, like top ten percent of the entire NHL at zone exits, and they're just bad. I mean, I think the only saving grace right now, currently for the for the defense, is that Matthias Ekholm. Not offensively, because offensively he's kind of looking like his PK Subban era, Matias Echo himself. But his defense, I mean, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, um, he's been really, really good defensively. Um, I really don't. I understand. Like I talk about the rebuilding thing and not getting rid of players, but like Ekholm would hurt if they traded Ekholm at the deadline, just because he's mm. real solid. He's real consistent, you know. Uh, but it's 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 kind of mind-boggling about how bad it is because again this team hasn't changed that much i mean their defense got better with ryan mcdonough and ryan mcdonough is in the bottom 15 percent of the entire league in defensive metrics and that's including forwards i mean like he's creating goals and he's better on the penalty kill but you know that's we saw a huge difference i mean like they they talk about that on the broadcast but like you can you could tell like ryan mcdonough was out they were god-awful they improved somewhat with him back offensively, but you know this is the defense. This is Nashville. This is this is the the defense team. Uh, yeah. You know, and they're not scoring as much. So, you know, which one are they going to be? Um, so it's it's. I don't know how to do it. I pray that they don't try to trade for somebody to address it because I'd be deathly afraid to see how they would try to address this issue with this team. Um, I can see them overpaying for somebody, but you know. I think I think the game that like sticks out with me the most is so I went I went to the uh, the game against Dallas um, the the where they lost in like the last minute um, mm-hmm. Rupe hints uh, and I sat lower bowl and uh, I was with some friends and uh, first like first couple minutes of the game like Tommy Novak tries to stretch a pass to whoever was on that far wing. And Jamie Ben just comes out of nowhere and like just steals it, and then he scores a goal. And there were multiple times during that game where I was like, they threw it through the middle, and it was stolen. 
and I was like, guys, like, what, what is this? Like, the, you know, this is not, like, this is not a good, like, an effective strategy. You've tried it already, and you've cost yourself a goal, and they, they, they kept doing it. And so that's, like, you, you point out, like, the exits. The exits have, like, been really awful. They have been, they have not been, one, they have not been, like, crisp and clean or whatever, but they also have resulted in, like, a lot of turnovers. And that's I mean, cost yeah. I feel like they've been coached specifically to try and pass it behind their back when they're in the defensive zone. Like I've watched that happen at least once a game. It feels like, which fine when it works, but yeah, and it, it's it's what boggles me. And, and this is a team that again on paper pretty similar to last year's team. I would say still a you could argue they're better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not statistically, but they are. Well, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't. So I, the question is, it's hard to. to Thing, you know, because the, the strategy hasn't changed much. So is this bad coaching or is this players not being able to perform or some combination of the two? That's the easy answer. But I mean, it's hard to point and point at just coaching with this because it seemed like a completely different team last year. At least they were scoring a bunch, you know, to offset the bad defense. But I mean, what what changed in the year in the year since? You know, is it Luke Cunning? Was he really the glue for the team? Because uh, I don't, I can't figure it out. <laughs> Man, um, I just I don't know if it could change midseason. It seems like there's just not enough that there's out there at the trade deadline. And we met uh, the next thing we we're going to talk about was Tarasenko getting traded uh, from the Blues to the Rangers, and obviously the Blues or the Preds are not that far ahead uh, in the standings um, of the Rangers and their sellers. So. Um, I don't know. I, I just I look at this group and I look at what the Preds can actually do and like how the deadline is going to unfold and all that kind of stuff. But Jeff, like, is there anything that they could do that would fix the defense? Like, is there anything that would really do anything midseason worthwhile? Uh, I don't think so. And I think it hurts not having Alex Carrier because he's mm. hurt. Um, yeah. Like, I think. I think if they traded for a defenseman, that would be their rationale, was that mm. Alex Carrier was hurt. But I don't think they should do that. So I don't yeah. think, I, I knowing David Poyle's recent trade history, I'm not a fan of overpaying for a defenseman that may or may not be on the roster next year or whatever. But. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, who are the defensemen that are really out on the... Yeah, out on the out there that John know, Klingberg. No, um, <laughs> no, not John Klingberg though. Um, yeah, so there's guys uh, Gavrikov from Columbus. Is two point eight? That's not bad, and he's uh -huh. a pending free agent. Um, Jake McCabe, no. Joel Edmondson, no. I like Jake McCabe. I feel bad that he's Luke in Chicago. Shen might be for under a million bucks, maybe. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to find something <laughs> here. I think it's go get Matt Dumbo and his six million dollar deal. Oof. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look. Uh, uh, speaking of the trade deadline, yeah. I mean, they're they're different. They're like St. Louis knows what they are. Um, yeah. And they're... I'll point out that I'll just to interrupt for a second. No, I think it. I think the difference between the biggest difference is goaltending. Like I think hmm. I think the 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 thing that's keeping the Predators from being St. Louis is goaltending. So you're saying that we should we should get just an all around d bag like uh, like Bennington, <laughs> right? And that'll help to help the rebuild process. I mean, and the trades the trade itself was fine. I think what they sent McCullough over uh, to New York, mm -hmm. and then I think they did like they sent over a first this year, unless it's a top twelve, then it's next year like a fourth, and then um, Sammy Blaze, which fine, and a guy it's, that it's I, an okay trade for the Blues. I'm not a huge fan of it. Hunters. I would say they're also retaining salary on Tarasenko. Yeah, I was going to say that was the next part. They retained half yeah. his salary, which is crazy because that deal was. I remember, wasn't he the reason why they got uh, the, the Blues had like issues with um, like they were over the cap and they were going to have to like LTIR like two guys I think to get so, in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they also, the, the Blues got a, a prospect named Hunter Skinner. What a cool name. <laughs> I did not see that before. But I mean, so it's, it's, it's a fine trade. I don't think it's not great for either team. I don't know that I would have gone out and gotten Tarasenko for that because um, he's been kind of mediocre. 
It he gets to like, play with his buddy Panarin. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, too, because Panarin's like, oh, when I was growing up, he was helping me. I'm like, God, yeah, Tarasenko <laughs> is old. Um, I thought Panarin was old, too. I guess not. But, it, yeah, it's just it's one of those that this team looks like a team. Those three games before the All-Star break, they look like a team that were figure, was figuring things out on offense. They, they started to look a little bit more consistent, and then this game happened. And this is Vegas. This was Vegas. This was 5-1 to loss with Vegas without Mark Stone, who I think is, like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite players right now in the NHL. Um, another guy I banged my head against, you know, just yelling that Nashville should get him and, you know, didn't do it. Um, that's why I, 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 I stick the bottom six guys they should pick. Go get Colin Blackwell again. That's fine. Um, but it, it, that's the kind of trade that, like, if Tarasenko gets a first and a fourth, yeah, they retain half a salary. Like, what could Matias Ekholm get you? I mean, what that's could one Nino Niederreiter get? I mean, yeah, I mean, la- or after last season, it would be one of those where it's like, yeah, throw a Mikhail Granlund out there. I don't think anybody's biting this year, but, you know, it's it's one of those that if that's going to set, start setting the price on, you know, this trade deadline, which, God, please be eventful, please. Um, if it's anything like the NBA. It is absolutely not. They might have to respond. They might have to be like, all right, the NBA went bonkers. We've got to we've got to retaliate here a little bit. Yeah, and that'll just mean that Patrick Kane will go to, like, I don't know, what's another team that everybody hates? The Penguins or something. And it'll just be like, oh, oh, God, I said that, and I'm going to manifest that now. Oh, that's gross. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's really, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a trade City that should be the Preds, many are saying. Yes, yes. Sources say. But, I mean, still, this, this team's also not very far from being in contention for a lottery pick. I mean, I think their chances of like being in the top 12 or something like uh, 14%, which is also- Brian, you still want this, man. And the Preds are like, you can kill us all you want. We're staying at like minus three point differential and not falling off a cliff, no matter what. We're not doing this. We're not allowing that to happen. The bottom is not following out, not falling out. And that's the hard part is because they've they've been a team that like, I think they've not had any like more than, I think they've had four straight wins and like up to three straight losses, but they've never gotten more than that. And they went, they lost six straight, I think early. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, But the point, like they haven't had these big long streaks or anything like that. It's just kind of like, if you take every, like a 10 game sample, they're like, they're usually four five and one. Like it's just Hmm. basically how they go, how they do, you know, or like a 10 game sample. And so it's it's hard because you don't nobody likes covering a team when they're real bad i mean let's just be honest because it's the same things it's the same things people tweet at you and you know they ask the same questions well why didn't you ask them why they suck to the coach when you're sitting 10 feet in front of them like yeah i thought about it but no um anyone who's ever been around like or interviewed like that's just not how any of this works and the answer that you want is not coming by asking that particular question yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna show my biases here but like this is a lot like watching the pre um tony romo cowboys where it was just kind of like hmm. the pieces were kind of there and things were there things were starting to pick up but Who's they just the tony couldn't... romo in this analogy who is tony romo in this analogy yeah um, soros is it forsberg who is it that came out of nowhere and kind of i would say that the, the uh, Cole no, Smith. I, Nope, I'll tell you right now but it's not an active <laughs> player the tony romo of the predators at that point was was pk suban Hmm. Oh yeah. Thank you. Which, by the oh, way, yeah. Tuesday is PK Subban Appreciation Night. He will be in the building. Uh, is it Monday? It's Monday. Um, I'm supposed to have a Valentine's Day night. Um, we may have to stop by Bridgestone so I can see PK because I all that was the thing I wanted so badly when I started with OTF was I want to talk to PK and then they traded him uh, that off season. Um, which many was are smart. saying meeting PK is pretty romantic. So uh, it, yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. And honestly, she's going to have to understand that because um, mm-hmm. it's PK Subban. <laughs> uh, but anyways, go go check him out. Go tell him you love him. Please, please, you know, let's try to drown out the racists we used to hear at the games because um, he's the best. And I think he's one of the, I don't know, top three most important players in Nashville Predators history. I would hmm. I would argue um, he's just, up there. Was there a Thrasher's night the other night, by the way? Um. Well, Thrasher's Night, I thought, is just like when two like white dudes get in a fight at Waffle House in Atlanta. Well, like... hold on. Uh, now you're attacking my culture, Brian. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, no. As a Waffle House connoisseur and as a local Atlantan. I am not dissing Waffle House. Please let um, me make that clear. Well, the reason I ask that is because there is Chad Bishop, friend of the pod. Um, he uh, works for B- uh, Vanderbilt. And he was at the Preds game the other night and then he was like taking pictures he was wearing a Thrasher's jersey like I think he was wearing a Kovalchuk jersey which I 
may or may not have had 20 years ago. Everybody and had, they had the blue one, not the burgundy. I currently have a blue Kovalchuk jersey. Do you really? Yeah. And I feel like it's a sneaky high selling jersey all time. Like if I had to write, if I had to guess, I think it's a sneaky high selling jersey. You're, you're more of a hockey man than than I think you initially thought you might have been. Like to to have that jersey specifically, like that's a good like. You, there's, yeah. That's mad. That's a lot of respect from 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 people on on hockey Twitter. I'll tell you that because they love him. I love, I love him too. It, but it was believing blue and all that kind of stuff. We can one day we'll just do a whole episode on like why the Atlanta Spirit killed the Thrashers. But um, all that being said. He was like taking pictures of all these thr- uh, Thrashers jerseys coming out of Bridgestone uh, the other night, and I was like, "Are they doing like a remember them? Like get the people in the South to come? Like, hey, all the Atlanta uh, transplants in Nashville, come on down to Bridgestone and join the join the Preds uh, bandwagon." Like, I just I, I didn't know. I, I there's usually there's usually two or three that I see randomly mm. at games. I mm. do try to take note of like the weird jerseys that I get uh, or that I see. Yeah. Um, my favorite, I'm trying to remember who it was. They had a they had a jersey that they had to have gotten custom because he didn't play very long. And I'm trying to remember who it was. It was a guy I think had like three games with Nashville and this guy bought this, this jersey and continues to wear it. I'm trying to remember who it was. It was, I mean, think of the most random dude from the cup run. It, like uh, Harry Zollner Chuck. Yeah, I was trying to avoid saying Harry his his name, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was a guy like that. It was like that kind of person, and it's so like it's I don't know. I, I know I think may have, last week might have been the college night for Vandy. Maybe mm. I can't remember. Maybe uh, that was it. They just had a lot of Atlanta people who go to Vandy. I don't know what it was, but it was just I saw his story that he had. He kept there was multiple people he was taking pictures of at Bridgestone wearing Thrasher jerseys, and I'm like, what are the odds? What's going on? Uh, the question though, Chase, and this is you know getting into hockey more and more um i don't know how how do you think the thrashers move from atlanta to winnipeg because it had to have been trucks or trains because obviously they couldn't have flown because there are no airports in winnipeg so <laughs> that's 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 real right there yeah there's there's nothing it's absolutely nothing i've been to winnipeg i remember the zoo i don't remember an airport so i can't confirm that there actually is one even though they are the jets so it's just it's the dumb it's one of my favorite dumb jokes about hockey is just Winnipeg straight up doesn't have an airport and it's you know it's like Jamie Ben jokes you know it's those always go down real well well in that case maybe not but you know so yeah um so I mean this this is what they've got I don't know this I think tomorrow is going to be very interesting Mm. it's the Flyers. the Flyers the Flyers are only one point behind the Predators that's something that I would not have expected um <laughs> they either have because, more games but they are uh, one either point because I thought Predators. Philly might be a little bit better which I didn't think that but I thought they were going to be a lot worse and mm-hmm. when you see Nashville and Philly's name like in the standings close it's just like oh hey. and and then I'm like what they just talked about you know Torts just admitted that Tony D'Angelo only looked good in New York because of his teammates I mean <laughs> It's it's a team that's you know Ryan Ellis, six games for for him in, for, in Philly. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. You don't get to see him. Uh, I feel. I mean, there's a lot of we could talk about Ryan Ellis, but this is a must win. I think, even though I feel like we say that every couple weeks on this show that the next game's a must win. But I mean, the first loss to Philly that that kind of kicked off the whole like, oh, this season might be lost. I think the first time. So if they lose again. It is. They've got to do something. I just don't know what. They need to make up their minds what this organization's plan is going to be. Then you say, if they can win this many games in the next two weeks, this is what we do. If they don't, this is what we do. Not, let's go grab a 36-year-old defenseman getting $3.5 million just for the rest of the season. You know, that's you got to stop them from doing that. You don't need another Wayne Simmons, Brian Boyle situation. Both of them in so, the same year. Ellis has played four games, which is worse than it's un, so unfortunate. Shout um, out to Ryan Ellis. You deserve better from yeah. from everybody, from not just from Nashville, but from Philadelphia. And he yeah, got well, booed. I mean, he got booed on the opening night. It's by Philadelphia. Philadelphia. The, the 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 light of the light of whatever lord that you worship <laughs> has not seen the seen that city, and hopefully this weekend it won't see it again. Because can we uh, talk about how insane the Metro Division is? It's, like the Flyers as, are second as, last, and they're right there. And as someone who roots for a team in the Metropolitan Division, it's so fun. I but love they're it. all good. Like I don't know yeah. how you I don't know how you parse through who the best in the Metro is at the moment. Like uh, I have Columbus. no idea how you do that. <laughs> Columbus. Columbus. <laughs> Columbus, man. Hey, you know what? Columbus deserves credit because they went for it. They traded a bunch a couple years ago. They really tried. They will always have my respect for that. They yeah. went 
balls to the wall that deadline yeah. and i will always appreciate a team doing that i don't care if they've yeah. been you know real bad since yeah, who cares? Yeah, that's wow, the, the point match- of this sport it's the point of sports is to try and win titles and they really really tried and now hey it happens but that's just part of the deal now they get one of the they're are they're in the, the race for one of the best players we've seen in a draft in a long time oh yeah so, who bedard yeah oh there yeah it's, it's, I'm, I'm hoping they get him because columbus is two hours for me and i could go watch him play so oh. let's see yeah. here i want to see how they have done against the metro um i'm trying to think so columbus they've they're one one and one Mm-hmm. One one and zero. Flyers zero and one. Capitals one and one. Rangers one and zero. Islanders two and zero, which surprises me. Mm-hmm. Lightning. Um, this is a whole conference, so I mean, maybe not naming Metro teams, but Lightning they're zero one and one. Red Wings zero and one. Devils two and zero. Yeah, baby. Ottawa one and one. Montreal one and one. Undefeated against Carolina, uh, <laughs> and then lost to Buffalo and Toronto. So I mean, like, they're ten nine and one against the Eastern Conference. I mean, that sounds about right, I guess. I think Boston's it's 81 point differential still is bonkers, too. And you look at it like no one's even like it's just Boston is a very good team. And I don't know who's going to beat them to like the lightning. Uh, I don't think so. A uh, Bruins you say are... that the White Walkers, the light. You say that with the lightning. <laughs> Always bet on the lightning. At come nah, playoff time. Nah, the Bruins are wicked good. <laughs> they really are though it sucks watching them it's like I, i've said this before sometimes i watch other games and then i get mad because mm. it's just like oh this is what nhl hockey is supposed to look like like watching the lightning it's hard to watch the lightning now that's why like, that's why that's why i root for the devils because <laughs> they're fun yeah well maybe what we do is we trade for um we have we have a sit down like uh the new owner uh mr haslam has a sit down with uh, kyle dubas in uh in toronto Okay, it's never happening. Um, Poyle's going to be on the way out in a couple years. Um, you're torturing yourself. I don't know what's going on with you that you really believe that this is the year you break through. You're doing all the right things in Toronto. You have all this young talent, and it never works in the playoffs. Come to Nashville, Kyle. It's great. The weather's better. <laughs> Just come on down. What's it going to cost to trade with uh, MLS or whatever uh, their ownership group's initials are? But um yeah no i just the maple Leafs. they're always just right there they're just they're right yeah, there yeah it's it's oh god dubas in nashville i don't know how i feel about that i like kyle dubas i do yeah. but i mean like again and being a dallas fan i can tell you like toronto is just the cowboys of the nhl like in a lot of ways <laughs> and I, I part of me empathizes but on the other hand like the very first thing I, I got the job to work right for on the four check and one of the very first things someone told me uh, uh, we miss you stats respecter he told me just like all you need to make sure you do is just make fun of the Leafs that's like the first thing you need to know when you're watching hockey talking about it is make fun of the Leafs and then and I was like oh okay I don't seem to mind them and then just like watching one game on Twitter like among their fans and I'm like oh I totally get it and so I get to be on the other side of it for that but Dubas is, is good but it's just good for them those know. fans though they really sign up for it all over again like they yeah, really are just like give me the pain I'm ready for it <laughs> Bring again, the pain. Coming from someone who's a Dallas fan, like don't give them. Well, any, you did that to yourself. And me being an Atlanta Falcons fan, I've never felt any pain. Uh, no, nothing bad has ever happened, especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah, like it's never been. Just like the Vegas game, like when it was mm-hmm. at the end of a period and it was three to one, like you know, like that kind of thing. Like you know, just those those you know, just like those those big deficits early in the yeah. game. You know, that's never happened for Atlanta. No. Um. We'll end here uh, today. Second half predictions um what is your biggest second half prediction for this nashville team jeff Hmm. um that's a really good question yeah i think i mean there's a lot of different ways i could go with this uh i think probably the one that sticks out i think um on an individual player level I think UC Saros takes the lead in the Vesna. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Preds don't make the playoffs. That Ooh. would be, those would be my two. Okay. If the Preds don't make the playoffs, is Hines and Poyle back next year? Yes. <laughs> and I think, I think it's because they're not. So 
Poyle is not going to fire Heinz. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I have my mind set on that, and as of now, I'm right. So, uh, and it, like, just because there's nothing, there hasn't been anything about firing Heinz, even though the Preds have been statistically pretty bad uh, since the start of the season when they were on like that six game losing streak or whatever. Um, and Heinz is Poyle's guy. Hi, mm-hmm. Poyle, I guess, thinks Heinz is like really good or whatever. But um, <laughs> I, I think you know, David Poyle's not going to be fired. Like I think, I think this has been well established that David Poyle is uh, he'll be gone when he's ready to be gone. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's at the end of this year, I don't know. But I think the current ownership group is not. I think it would be in their best interest to be like, "Hey, David, maybe you should retire," but they're not going to be like, "You're gone, you're done." Like they're not going to cut him off because he's he's won all these things and he's been here since the beginning and blah 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 blah. They have a loyalty to him and that's that's you know, that I respect that loyalty to people is is great. Obviously, this is loyalty to a fault, but well, that's another conversation. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think either of them are gone next year, and I don't think that the second half of the season, even if they don't make the playoffs, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's going to change anything. So mm. that's where I'm at. Wow, Brian, your biggest. <laughs> oh, there's an echo as we wrap up here. Brian, your biggest second half uh, prediction is what? Lots of neg- negativity for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's hard though because again, like you, you brought up a good point about and something I, you know people ask you what do you think is going to happen and you want to answer it with what you think should happen but then you're just like yeah. no it's not um yeah. i think I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit more out there um i think philip forsberg gets the 35 goals sitting at 19 he's on pace for 32 with 40 with uh what 33 games left i think he gets up to 35. um hmm. i think that I think they don't. Um, this is off season, but I don't think that they give Tanner Janot they offer him because he's a hmm. pending free agent. Um, wow. Yeah, I, again, that's just that's... a feeling I've had about how they've deployed him mm-hmm. um, and his production. And uh, I think Cody Glass is probably going to get about three and a half million dollars this off season. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs. Also, yeah, they're not. This is not a team that's built to survive the playoffs, let alone make them. And with, you know, Colorado's going to be good. They're going to be back to the top of the division. I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. Uh, you know, Minnesota's very good. Uh, it's, it's you know, Dallas, they haven't beaten Dallas in seems like four years. Uh, you know, I'm going to say the team they'd be playing is the one that they haven't beaten, like, ever. Like, they, they're not going to be playing any team that I think they would have a chance of beating. Yeah, there's nobody in the West that I could think that, like, if Calgary makes it, um, but I mean, like against against uh, Seattle? No. Yeah, they, yeah. Oh man, you know who's gonna pop off if next time they play Seattle towards the end of the season? You know who's gonna have a hat trick that game. I'm yeah. ready. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm happy for him. Uh, he seems happy. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, we, we miss you, Ellie. We really do. Or Eli, as people used to call him. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, Chase. What's yours? Give us one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my second half prediction is. I don't think Hines and or Poyle make it after the season. I think one are gone. That's the common I'm gonna sense. I'm going to say Hines take. is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, I know <clears throat> the players really love John Hines. Like, I know that was true in New Jersey, and I can tell now that it's the truth. Now, and I, I don't... It's hard, because it's not as cut and dry as it was with, with, with LaViolette. Like, LaViolette, you could point to, like, five things and be like, yeah, there's a reason why this is happening. It needs to be... He needs to be done. Mm. Hines, it's not necessarily as much... Like people it's not say, as well, tangible. Well, right, and they're like, "Oh, it's the line blender," but like he's done that a few times, but it's worked. Mm. But you know, multiple times this season, like it's just like it's a they kind of have the identity and it's how they want to do it, and it's just like I think the issue is more just that like the players aren't there yet, even though they should be, because this is what third year now, like third full season, second full season, second full season. Yeah, I think it's his fourth with the Preds. Well, yeah. third three and a half. Right, because of like the when he after he got hired and then COVID. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just there's not anything, and then also you know the only re- if they you might be right, Chase, that they may fire one or both if they are really serious about him bringing him mm-hmm. back. You know, 
bringing Barry back. Um, I don't think they do it otherwise because I don't think there's a guy out there that or who could be out there that would be available that they would want to like. But I said the same thing after Laviolette got fired and what happened a day later. Um, uh, I mean, like, if it's a guy like, you know, Gallant is out there again or something like that, like, yeah, like, go do that. But, like, if Barry Trotz is, like, the top coaching option, it's it's not that's not good. That's not how but it you... feels like pre- what something the Preds would do. Oh, 100% feels like something the Preds would do. But I also think with Trotz... It might have to be with like, because he wants to GM. Like his thing is he wants to coach a few years, I think, and he wants to be a GM. And that's not going to be a current owner ownership group, you know, decision. It's going to be a Haslam included, and you know, they'll also be deciding with Poyle and things like that. And I don't know. Would you I say think, you bury want? I very much don't want it. Mm-hmm. I very much don't want it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I think me. it is in the. I think it is in the the worst interest of the Preds to bring him back. But yeah, they'd see me. Take. They'd see me trotzing out the door. I can't, <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. We should probably end right there because that was awful. <laughs> oh, Poyo rolls. Um, <laughs> Brian, what can the good folks check out from you over at On the Forecheck and Renegade of Puck this week? Um, well, for the remaining, for the rest of the month, I can tell you, uh, con- continuing with, with our coverage, we've still got stories coming through. Uh, Jeff had a banger. Was it last week? It was uh, good. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so make or sure. No, it was early it. this week. Early this week. Yeah. I mean, there's been quite a few, um, you know, we've got a, a, a real stats guy on the staff. <laughs> um, and he, his, his stuff was really good about the offense. It was a lot where I got a lot of, uh, the stuff that I talked about earlier. Um, and Renegades of Puck, that continues. I don't think that'll ever end, um, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in case maybe you want to talk about the Renegades of Puck, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. After February 28th, um, I don't know. You, you guys will probably know before I do with the way things have been going. So we'll see. There you uh, go. Jeff, what about you? What do you want to plug as we wrap up here? Yeah. Um, on the floor check stuff, still going. Uh, trying to get as much as I can out before... All of this stuff happens at the end of the month. Um, and then uh, I joined with the Renegades of Puck. Brian did not know until I announced it, which I didn't mean to not include him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with uh, Charlie, Brian, our friend Sean and the crew over there. Um, so uh, that's been fun. I already got a I already got a little clip in on uh, the preview for Vegas's game or for the Vegas game. Um, so gonna keep doing that, and uh, I read at some other SB Nation sites, right about the Red Wings, dabble in the baseball world, stuff like that. So, so question: every all the hockey sites you write for, were yes. any of them among the survivors? Nope. So the common thing in all these sites, the sites that they pick to shut down, huh? Interesting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of it is just because you write for so many. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah it happens. They're like, we need way. to get this kid off payroll. He's he's taken up too much. He's yeah, up man. Too much. They'd have to send you, you know, $20 this week yeah, or something. I know. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I try not to badmouth it, but yeah, yeah. It was, it, it was one of those things that when I, when I gave up my pay, I just didn't notice. I didn't adjust yeah. my budget. <laughs> it just, yeah. I was just like, yeah, it's fine. So, yeah. Chase, you got anything coming up? You always ask us. Yeah, I always have stuff besides going on, ten thousand podcasts. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> ten thousand podcasts every every day. Um, I swim, uh, go swim, folks. Uh, that's what I've had to do to. Uh, it's still working to get clear to run again with the broken foot. So um, highly encourage folks not to do that. Um, he, I mean, he broke his foot just so he could off, offer, you know, like you know, to offer it to Hendon Hooker and didn't, didn't I, no, it really Cedric Tillman. Um, yeah. but, um, no, it, <clears throat> I will say swimming is a delight. I'm getting really into it. I just, I am one of those people who I need to, like, I, I'm a very oriented, schedule oriented person, time oriented person. And, uh, I need to, and I'm a routine person. So like, I need to, like when I lost that running routine, that daily routine, that was really hard. So I'm like trying to find something else that uh, it doesn't give me the same endorphins as like running four or five miles in a day, but it gives me enough where my heart rate gets high enough. Yeah, getting those like uh, back Zumba, and forth. And uh, I work like more pool Zumba classes and stuff. It's funny you say that because I go when I go a lot. There is a, a senior like in swimming aerobics instructor class going on on that other side of the pool, and I'm just over here doing laps like a Michael Phelps, just like, hey, what's up? Yeah, this is. <laughs> 
I've this done that is, before. This is with my like, life. This is how I do it. <laughs> I was on vacation once and, and went. And I was in the pool for one of those like senior citizen aerobics class things. I was like, I'll do it. I was legitimately tired. Now, granted, it's a good workout. Like, everything late twenties, oh, so walking upstairs makes me out of breath. But yeah, uh, it's it, yeah. I wouldn't. It's kind I, of like with like. Yeah. For senior citizens, that uh, that activity and bingo, they don't mess around with, mm. and I can't. You can't keep up with them with how they do bingo because it's insane. I was in West Palm Beach, Florida, like the mecca of old people playing bingo. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> and I think the other one in Florida, what is it called? It's like basically just an elderly community. Um, Naples, uh, Naples, Naples. Yeah, um, uh, sunrise, not sunrise. Um, Sun City Center. That's all retirement. It's, it's that won't a bad be me place. when I get older and I have to go down there. I'm going to a cabin in the woods. Like I, my wife and I are, are talking about it. We're going remote cabin. I just not the beach guy. Like I don't want to be just, on a a beach condominium. Senior just yelling about living. sports to the squirrels and the bears in the forest. Yeah, like I want to go down where I just get lost in the backyard and a bear gnaws me to death. Like that's how I want to go. All right, quick. All right, we got <laughs> hey, make a I I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk. To, I'll talk to the Make a Wish people and see what we can do for you. <laughs> That's the way to go. Just get, drop me off. I'm starting to lose it. Just like Chase is out in the wilderness. We, he might come back. He might not. Hey, um, no, speaking seriously, though, get mauled by a bear. Don't mm -hmm. have to pay student loans back. That's true. People forget. <laughs> People forget. Jeff, keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> Jeff, Brian, thank you as always. You guys have yourself a great weekend, and I will talk to you all next week. See you all next week. Yeah. See ya. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm -hmm. your um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.